Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. And today, which commandment is this? Uh, number five? No, number six. six number, number six. six. Um, thou shalt not commit adultery. Adultery. Woo. There's a lot to unpack there. And, you know, at the onset, Megan, I think we should make also a clarification about adultery and fornication. Yeah, I think they kind of go hand in hand. You yeah. Know? And if you listen to our we did a whole series on yeah. sexual sin and, and kind of uh, got that straightened out. But uh, so adultery is particularly a sin, uh, sexual sin against marriage where someone steps outside of their marriage uh, and has sexual relations or somebody sleeps with somebody who is married. Um, fornication would be when two unmarried unmarried people Mm -hmm. engage in sexual relations. But I think it's appropriate, um, even though it uses the term adultery, to really discuss all areas of sexual immorality in this. uh, Because I think the reality is is that um, when you're speaking about adultery, you can't escape the broader context of what is the purpose for sexual union in God's plan, mm-hmm. right? Although I will say this, even though I'm going to say, let's just be broad about it and say all sexual immorality. I do want to say that I, I think there is a particular grievousness to a sin against marriage. Oh, absolutely. So in my mind, and you know, they're both mortal sins, so I don't know if we can put shades on mortal sin or not, but in my mind, the sin of adultery is worse than the sin of fornication because it's not only a, si- a sin of your body, but it's also a sin against a sacrament of God. And that's really... And two other people. So you're actually yeah. a sin against the three of you. Right. With sacrament right. or four, depending yeah, on the depending situation. depending on yeah. the situation. So, so th- it's very grievous. Um, to be engaged in, in that. And it speaks to not only the grievousness of sexual immor- and immorality, but also um, the importance of marriage. The importance, yes. You know, as we're talking about this, Megan, I feel like it's just imperative that we talk about how in the world did this get so accepted? Mm-hmm. Well, how did that even happen? Is it just the human sensuality that says, okay, I know better? It started becoming more well known. For instance, um, when I was in college, I was between junior college and university, I spent a, a summer in the Dominican Republic. And I know, it, I've seen this in other places too, in different uh, countries in general, it was quite common um, for someone to have a mistress on the mm-hmm. side and a family. Like that was just like, oh, people just do that. That's just well known. Right. So I'm thinking... How do we get there? And as we can well see, this is what degraded uh, marriage in general. So people stopped getting married, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Uh, but it's, to me, blatantly, the assault on marriage is straight from hell. Yeah. Straight from hell. Because, you know, that's the cornerstone of our whole civilization is the family. Right. And, and also the means which God images himself in the physical world, oh, yes. right? And so that raises the stakes pretty high. And you ask the question of like, how do we get to this place? And and honestly, you know, obviously we've been there for a long time where, you know, you know, think back and, you know, people love to imagine the 
heyday of Christianity when you had the Holy Roman Empire and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, when you look at, you know, these um, big Catholic countries uh, of, of yesteryear, you know, you got a lot of nobility who's engaging in a lot of this kind of activity where it's just understood, yeah, that they were going to have mistresses mm. or, or whatever. And I think in my mind where it really comes down to is this concept of whether or not human beings are more than their base desires are, mm. and they trust in the Lord that says, even if something's really, really hard, if God's commanded it, he'll give you the grace to live it. And I think that, we, you know, we touched on that in one of the other podcasts during the Ted Commandments thing. We're talking about if God's commanded it, he will give us the grace to live it if we simply open ourselves up with obedience and docility to that grace with a firm commitment to live out what he commands. And so when a culture tells people so, so much Monogamy is impossible. Monogamy is too, too hard. hard. You know, you're all you're going to be attracted to other people and it would be wrong to deny yourself this really strong attraction and to just be with one person would be so incredibly boring that you know, you wouldn't have this uh, other like more exciting aspect of, you know, your sexual existence. All those lies basically what underpins all of them is this idea that our human desires are primary and that we cannot overcome things that we are super drawn mm. towards because we're just really in our nature animals. And so again, it comes back to this dignity of the human person and understanding that guess what? Human beings are more than animals. Whether or not you believe in straight-up evolution mm. or not, the reality is this. God has given us something that animals don't have. We are created in his image and likeness. We are given reason. We are given a soul. And we are given grace from him if we, if we are open to receiving it, which means that we are not just the at the beck and call of our passions. We don't have to do everything that our bodies desire. Well, you know, Megan, I'll challenge um, our listeners too. To, the difference really is our faith. The belief in, in, in knowing that we are children of God allows us to rise above that base animalistic nature. And so without faith, that nature is, is left as a free-for-all because our right. faith is what really guides us. It's our are um, just the guiding path of goodness and how to act. That's why we want to follow Christ. You know, a real Christian is someone who actually follows Christ in word and deed. And so that to me is what helps to elevate us above the animal. So, but left to own accord, no faith, no nothing, just base nature and desire mm -hmm. is going to take over if you have no belief. And I think when you just look around, look around in our world today, look around in the American culture too, that uh, you just see that base nature just going crazy. Right. I think it's important to remember also that 
just because you have a desire doesn't mean you have to act out on it, right? And it's not wrong to notice a person and think they're attractive or whatever. Like, that's going to happen. You're going to be attracted to people. The Lord made people compelling to other people, you know, and he created within us this sense that we will be drawn to people and and particular people we'll be drawn to really strongly. Right. And so when we find ourselves in that situation, but we're not free in holiness to act on it appropriately, that's when we need to come to the Lord and ask for the grace instead of just saying, well, I'm just going to do what I want. This is, this is what I am desiring in this moment. So I'm just going to do what I want. But when we do that, we place our own desires above God's desires for us. And what that speaks to is a lack of reverence for who he is, but it also speaks to a lack of trust in him knowing what's best for us. Right. And it allows for so much disorder to come in. Like that's what you're doing. You're living in a disordered way according to God's plan for you. And my brothers and sisters, boy, that's a downward spiral that you don't want to go on. Right. And it's interesting because how many examples do people need? To show them this doesn't go well. This is not going to work. You know, and usually you're not, you know, you're not just hurting one person in this situation. Like whole families are destroyed. You know, communities can be destroyed when it's perfect, when it's particularly, um, you know, public. Right. You know, people can lose their faith, you know, from this sort of thing. Like say somebody was, this was like a, person who proclaimed to be this great, you know, Catholic woman or man, and then they get caught in this sin of adultery. And like, there are many people who are like, well, if they can't even live it out, what's the point? Nobody's going to do it. Or, you know, people are just crushed. And so it's such scandal, you know, and, and the, just the children often that are involved in how much pain and, and the rejection that they feel. When a parent has stepped outside of that covenantal bond of marriage and and goes and then maybe they're going to have other children and everything like there's so much disorder that it brings about and it's so obvious. And yet why knowing that do people keep falling into it? Because so often they're in the moment and focused on that desire that's within them and don't hit that pause button and say, exactly. What are really the implications of all this? Exactly. You know, as someone, like you said, everybody has those kind of attractions. One of the things I found myself doing is I instantly go to switch channels, you know, like Mm -hmm. say a prayer, say an Our Father, say a Hail Mary, say a Memorare, anything like that to just kind of switch channels and get away from it um, over and over again. I mean, it's, it's a training. We have to train ourselves to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's, you know, putting that guard on the eyes and yes. everything. And I, this does bring up the topic of pornography too, right? Because don't think, oh, don't right. think yeah. that just because you may not be out there sleeping around that you're not committing adultery in your marriage, if you're taking in those imagery, because what does Jesus say? If a man even looks with lust at a woman, he has committed adultery with her in his heart. That's right. And so this sin of pornography that is so pervasive in our culture and just literally in everybody's pockets and in their hands with the cell phone is such a blatant sin against this, 
uh, this commandment. Mm. And yet so many people just justify it and say, well, you know, at least I'm not out sleeping around. At least I'm just doing this safely in my own home. It is not safe. It is not safe. It's bad for your brain. Yeah, to, mm-hmm. and your soul. It's bad for your so soul because not only are you bringing those images into your into your mind and into your heart and then, then going to bring them into your, your marriage bed, you've defiled the marriage bed right. in your, with, with that in your mind because that, those images are going to come. And I'm going to be perfectly honest right now. I have seen a pornography in my life when I was in a younger child, when I was a younger person. And I think I talked about this when we talked about it before. Those images sometimes still pop up in my head, in my own marriage bed. When I have like asked, years later, yeah. uh, you know, decades later, asked for forgiveness, you know, been received forgiveness in the sacrament right. of confession, never gone back to that stuff and, and honestly disgusted by it. But they're still there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, and I, I also want to just have a caveat for my brothers and sisters that are, are seriously addicted and do not want to be in that place. You know, there's a lot of help out there for you. Yeah. Please go get that help. And remember, the Lord um, just desires you to desire to be better and to work harder to be better um, and confess, 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 and he will give you that grace and you'll work your way out of that hole. But our point here is don't even entertain that horrible, horrible thing of pornography. Yeah. And I think you really bring a, a good point up when, you know, you talk about people who are struggling with these things. Like, you know, the reality is, is that in this area of adultery or pornography or just any of these sexual sins, often, even if a person's justifying them to themselves, they still find themselves in a place of very great shame. Right. Because there is this law that's written on our hearts that knows that this this sexuality is not meant to be used for this. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is a holy purpose for human sexuality. And that is the bringing of life into the world. You know, it's interesting that this comes right after thou shall not kill. Yes. Because kill to kill is to take life. To properly order your sexuality is to give life, to be open to the participation with God for the creation of life. So when you commit adultery, guess what? The sin of adultery is often very much attached to the sin of contraception, Mm. where, you know, when you're in an illicit relationship, either a fornicating relationship or an adulterous relationship, you're usually, you don't want to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get a child if you're a man. So you're going to add that like additional sin onto it. And there's often so much shame attached. And this thing, shame is something that is the devil's playground because shame is what he uses to draw you away from God's grace completely. So the very thing that will save you from this behavior, from being a slave to your passions, that grace of God, the enemy will take the shame from those actions and draw you even farther away from him. Megan. And it's so sad. And God wants so much more for you than this passing pleasure that leads to only shame and a sense of disrespect for yourself. We just talked about in the last podcast about how thou shall not kill includes like getting into this place of of self-deprecation and disrespect for yourself. Mm -hmm. People in this situation, unless they're so disordered that they actually, you know, 
think that their sin is good, like they do tend to have this really struggle with their own, you know, sense of self and having respect for themselves. And it's just such a difficult place for, for so many in that are involved in the whole thing. Right. And God knows, he knows that it's going to be bad. He knows that it's not going to go well for us. And so he says, don't do it, please don't do it. That's right. And he's not telling you, he doesn't want you not to do it because he doesn't want you to have fun. He doesn't want you to enjoy pleasure. He's telling you, don't do it because it's going to hurt us. And That's he doesn't right. want to see us hurt. Right, right. You know, I've said this before in some of the podcasts, which I still love the image of the good, good father that says, my Ten Commandments are if you stay in this outline, in these Ten Commandments, you'll be a happy, healthy, whole human. And that's what I want for you because my love is so great for you. They weren't, he wasn't the big, bad, you know, grumpy person daddy that says don't you do this or else or whatever no 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 these are the parameters that will keep you healthy and happy yeah the image that came to mind just this moment was like say you had like a you know a little four or five year old that had seen you know like a superman movie and he had his little superman cape on and he's like I want to be like Superman and I want to fly. And he, so he got out on the second story of the house and he's going to jump out of his window. And his dad is down there saying, don't jump, don't jump. And the boy is saying, but if I jump, then I'll get to fly like Superman. And it's going to be so fun. And it's going to feel so cool to be flying like Superman. And the truth is he may feel a rush of excitement and joy of like being flying through the sky, you know, being in the sky. But the father's down there knowing when you land, my son, it's going to hurt so much. Mm -hmm. Please don't jump out of the window. Mm -hmm. And these sins, these sexual sins, I think often are so much like that. We just think about the pleasure that we're going to experience in the, in the short term. And the Lord's over there like, but I know the fall that you're going to feel when you land and the pain that it's going to cause not only you, but the other people who love you. And I don't want it for you. Please listen to me. You know? So true. That's a, that's a great analogy too. <sighs> and it is hard. It's hard when you have a culture that's just so permissive of it and just so mm. not only permissive of it, but just like honestly, glorifies it you know I, this day and age can you even watch a romantic comedy where people aren't sleeping together before yeah, marriage no not really you know it's it's pretty much right well and i'm glad you brought that point because i feel like um there's been a certain amount of hollywood indoctrinating us that infidelity um adultery fornication is just, that's just okay. That's just what everybody's doing when, when the truth of matter is no, that's not the truth. It, it is a depiction. It's a lie for entertainment value. If you want to call it that. Um, and, and I personally can't even watch shows like that anymore. I'm just like, no, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a lie that's been trying to be sold into our culture. Again, I feel like it's an attack on the family in general. So, you know, my brothers and sisters really, you know, cover your eyes. Like, what is it you're watching? What are you, what are you letting in? Um, is it a small way of saying, I believe, or this is okay? You know, ask yourself that question next time you watch 
a show that has this type of adultery mm-hmm. or infidelity in it. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, when the culture tells you, well, you have the right to be happy and you have the right to have pleasure and you have the right to this, that, and the other. I would say, you know what? I agree with them. Through your dignity as a human person, the way God created you, he, you should have happiness and you should have joy and you should have pleasure. And you're not going to get it breaking his commands. No. If you really want it, if you really, truly you work want for it, it's not easy, my brothers and sisters. But there is grace there. There is grace there. But don't believe a lie that by breaking God's commands, you're going to receive what you really, truly want. Right, right. You know, there's a, something that Paul and I have used in helping to raise the kids um, that he learned from a, a deacon, I think it was, and said that we don't strive for our children's happiness. We strive for their goodness. Mm-hmm. Because when you are good and do as you should according to God's law, then happiness and joy will follow. So the goodness is more important than the happiness. Right. And I would, I would just say this, just a last little point on this topic of when you're swimming against the, the stream as it relates to human sexuality in this day and age where there's just so much the lie that if you don't agree with, you know, people being free to live their sexuality however they want it, whether it's through fornication or through adultery or through um, same-sex um, sexual interaction, those sort of things that are all against God's plan for human sexuality. You know, so often you're being told that unless you agree with these things, support these things, that you're not loving well. I just want to say, don't believe that lie. It's a lie. Yeah. Because anything that is contrary to God's command is not the best for a person. And so to love well is to desire the good of the other. And if you truly desire the good of the other, you will want what is best for them, whether or not they perceive that in the moment, (laughs) you know, and sometimes it is hard to speak truth in love and, or to even just not agree with the crowd and to stand out. But didn't reject, I say reject the notion that just because other people want to make you feel like you're a hater or that you're not loving because you don't and participate with the glorification of sin, don't don't allow it. Reject it. Reject because that's it. a lie mm-hmm. straight from the enemy and it's been doing a lot of damage. Right. And when we get drawn into that, that is we're more of the world. Yeah. You know, if we're we're falling prey to those avenues, then uh, we are not looking at God for our um, value. Right. And as St. Paul says, you know, do not be conformed to the world, but by the renewal of your mind, you will live mm-hmm. in truth and holiness. So. I think we'll uh, end on that yeah, one. That's, and, that's a good, uh, good spot to, to all fall. All right. So we, we've turned the corner. We're more than halfway through. So we hope that you'll stick with us and continue with us next time as we continue on this journey through the the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, those uh, the commands that the Lord handed down. Why? Because he loves us and for our good. So we pray for your good and for God's blessings for y'all. Until next time. God bless.